everybody welcome back to another edition of bold predictions here inside nebraska it's been a while since uh we did a video one of these we had a written one uh version go up on our site for minnesota but first video action of the year for bold predictions steve how we feeling man are, are we feeling frisky are we feeling out on a limsy this season I'm, this week i'm not feeling i'm not feeling confident in any of my predictions because i don't know how this game is going to go i could see nebraska winning i could see nebraska losing i could see colorado uh, you know, just playing really well like they did last week at TCU, the offense, not the defense. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm not feeling confident at all about what I'm picking here. Yeah, it's a weird one, man. Like it, it, it it's kind of like what we, what we kind of felt last week going into that Minnesota game, right? Where we're like, man, I just don't know how this is going to go. Like it, it just, it, there's so much unknown. And then still again this week, there we know more obviously about the teams because both teams have played a game, but we don't know what's real and what's not from each of the teams. And you that old coaching adage that, you know, you get so much better between week one and week two. Um, I think that's going to be true um, for Nebraska. Certainly, if it is true for Colorado, every Everyone's in trouble. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I I'm with Steve. Like, I don't want I don't know if these are gonna be the most like hardcore, I'm I'm like super passionate about them uh predictions. Eh, maybe, maybe one of them, maybe one of them, but we'll get there. Well, yeah, I think week one of college football is like mystery week. Week two is overreaction week, and you see that with the lines moving. I mean, Colorado beat up uh TCU on offense and also allowed 42 points and I was looking at the lines a little bit ago and it jumped from Nebraska was a seven and a half point favorite in this game back in May on May 8th, yeah. the first line I could find. And it, it pretty much stayed relatively similar to that until the official game game week <laughs> line came out. Right. Then boom, Colorado is depending on where you look a five point favorite or three point favorite, what have you. And now Right now, the line is hovering around minus two and a half to three and a half for Colorado with the over under total of 59 and a half for the 11 a.m. kickoff. Big noon kickoff at 11 central, 10 a.m. mountain time, uh, which we can always have fun with that. But I, I don't know. I, last week, we actually wound up being pretty on the money with like how we thought this game would go. Like this is this is how we can envision things going. And that's kind of how it went as far as just being sort of a unrhythmic, choppy game with uh, with some penalties and turnovers. <laughs> um, didn't, I didn't envision four turnovers for Nebraska, but um, I wouldn't have been shocked if you said four turnovers total between the teams, but right. didn't envision Jeff Sims throwing three picks and then the Anthony Grant fumble. Um, but for the most part, I thought it relatively went as, as far as – or it went how – we sort of anticipated it. And this week, I'm confident how it could go, the two possibilities, like the two most realistic possibilities in my head. And I feel like it's either uh, Nebraska gets their doors blown off and we're looking at a, a game like Oklahoma last year, not Michigan, where it's sort of just a, like, just a slow bleed out game or Michigan, that's what yeah. they do to you. And it was over by halftime, but it had a different feel than that Oklahoma game where that Nebraska kept to close for what a few drives and then boom, next thing you know, game's over at halftime. Chubba Purdy's coming in, rocking passes like toward the end of the third quarter. So I feel like it could be that sort of game or the game script goes if Nebraska plays this game the way I feel like they should try to play it. And you guys probably feel the same way is grind it out, play that big 10 West style of football, ground and pound. Don't, 
try to do too much. Don't be putting the ball in the air 30 times and try to play the same game against Colorado that TCU did last week. Play the style of football that we heard this team was going to do all offseason. Ground and pound, battering ram, Gabe Irvin Jr. And that leads into perfectly my first bold prediction. And that is Gabe Irvin Jr. runs for 120 plus yards and two touchdowns. Now, I was going to hedge <clears throat> a little bit and say just one touchdown or him and Jeff Sims combined for two touchdowns because those things down the in the inside the five, 10 yard line inside the red zone touchdowns can kind of be arbitrary sometimes. But why not go bold? We're here for the first time. Gabe Irvin Jr., 120 plus yards, two touchdowns. They'll feed him the rock. I, I would assume they'll feed him the rock <laughs> in this game. And I think a lot of fans want to see Gabe Irvin get that rock instead of Anthony Grant. So we will see if that comes true. But uh, I, I will stay for my prediction. I will stay with the offensive side. I think my prediction, um, my first one is going to be Jeff Sims rushes for over 100 yards and he passes for over 150 yards. So it's going to be a busy day for Jeff. Uh, but I think he he produces both on the ground and a little bit more through the air. Um, you know, uh, I just think when I look at Nebraska and I rewatch the Minnesota game, the offense really struggled to with the traditional handoff run game with the running backs overall. I feel like they didn't really do well. And that's why you saw Jeff Sims rush the ball as many times as he did, because, you know, he's dynamic back there. And if you can't grind it out with the running backs um, in front of that offensive line, who kind of had a shaky performance at Minnesota, you uh, introduce the quarterback run game, give him some reads, let Jeff cook basically on, on the ground. And he can absolutely do that at 6'4", 220, 25 pounds. He's just a massive human being that can get the job done on the ground. Um, but, you know, with 150 passing yards, I'm not totally psyched about about that <laughs> position uh, prediction. But, you know, with Marcus Washington coming back and playing four quarters instead of two because he was suspended for the first two at Min uh, Minnesota, I, I just think that there's a real chemistry between Jeff and Marcus uh, Washington. And I think that they're going to really kind of um, feed off each other well. And I think, you know, maybe less throwing down the field and more short intermediate routes for Jeff. And I think Marcus could, could be a, a primary target up for there in that short and intermediate passing game. So a hundred yards on the ground for Jeff and 150 through the, through the air for Jeff. And it's interesting. I'm I'm going to keep it. I like that one actually. I'm going to keep it on the offensive side uh, of the football, and I'm I'm going to go to the big boys up front. You know, I'm always trying to find a way to work those offensive linemen in. Um, I think it's as we alert the key to the entire Matt Rule rebuild um, is this offensive line and what they do with it, both in the present and in the future. I think that this is the game that kind of kickstarts that, but not in a hey they're going to go rush for 400 yards or anything like that. The most basic thing that they could do in this game if they're going to eat up um, the clock and they're going to control the football is Nebraska's offensive line will not commit a penalty in this game. Now, that is, I feel like, and I said this in the beginning, wow. and I didn't think I was I was going that bold, but that's, a, that's almost as bold as I'm ever going to get on here uh, because you just never see that from this group, <laughs> this offensive line. We, I mean, you guys are shaking your head because you can picture right away the penalties inside the five-yard line, um, false starts. There's always some sort of holding. Um, there's always something, it feels like, with this offensive line and an offense that, at least to right now, 
is not explosive enough to overcome those types of penalties. I feel like that's fair to say. Um, and so I think that if Nebraska is going to play the style of game that we all think they should play, and that would lend itself to them winning the football game, make this a Big Ten West game. I was explaining this to someone earlier that I think that if you could picture whatever you think that Minnesota or Iowa would do in this game going out to Boulder, that's what I want Nebraska to look like this weekend. If you're going to do that, you're gonna it's going to have to require disciplined offensive line play. Um, and so I think that Nebraska can do it. And that's going to be my first one. I think they go out there to Colorado in a tough, hostile environment, which is the big X factor here. That's the thing that's got me actually the most nervous about it um, with this prediction and it actually coming true. But I got Nebraska's offensive line not committing a penalty. Oh, Greg, next time, I think next time we do these, we're not going to communicate about what our bold prediction is, or at least not <laughs> before, because if, if we hadn't, if we hadn't talked about it a little before, I would have legitimately been like, that would have been a fake. <laughs> would you have been would shocked? Have, wouldn't have been hemming it up just uh, for the, for the energy. I would have been like, well, well all right. Yeah, that's what you I could see them committing a penalty on the very first drive like they did. On <laughs> the first yeah, play. The first what was yeah. it? I think it's likely. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> Greg, Greg the, that's what makes it bold, guys. That's what makes it yeah, bold. Yeah, yeah. In the famed history of bold predictions video that we've been doing for <laughs> years and years and years, that might be the most bold that uh, any, anyone's done. I mean, boldly go where no man has gone before. Whoever that's said right. that, it was Neil Armstrong. Buzz Aldrin, <laughs> one of those guys. astronauts, Lance, Neil Armstrong, Lance Armstrong, somebody said it, but I don't know. I, I don't, if Nebraska's offensive line does not commit a penalty in this game and Gabe Irvin Jr. or Jeff Sims comes yeah. close to completing one of our, one of our bold predictions, then Nebraska's sitting in really good territory come the fourth quarter. Um, which would that would that surprise anyone though that if they were sitting in good territory to get to the fourth quarter? But I I digress. <laughs> well, we'll see, Greg. What a great what a great tease for the wrap up of the show. You're a pro at this now. I mean, come on now. But shifting to the defense, I didn't. I don't think we meant to do all offense first, but mm. that's where we're going now. Defense, where I mean, Nebraska has its work cut out for him. Tony White was on the radio Tuesday night, sort of breaking down the the Colorado offense and Shador Sanders. And he was asked to describe the, the CU offense. They pretty succinctly said space. They like to play in space. They think their tempo is an equalizer for them. They're fast. They like to get, get the ball out fast and um, get their guys on the perimeter, those one-on-one matchups. So um, tackling is going to be paramount, uh, paramount in this, uh, in this game, which always is, but, when you're playing against the skill guys that Colorado has and Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn, Dylan Edwards, and um, the list goes on. They had four guys before uh, with a uh, hundred yards receiving each. So Edwards, Hunter, Jimmy Horn, and Xavier Weaver. Um, and I don't know that, the tackling. I think Omar Brown talked about it, but also with the bull prediction I'm going with is Travis Hunter related and Quentin Newsom related. And I have, I, I hedge bets again on this one. I have Quentin Newsom intercepts a pass, and Travis Hunter also beats him for two 30-plus yard receptions here down the field. I, I'm going down the field because I wanted to hit on the point that we talked about, Greg, on Rapid Recap on Tuesday, and uh, Quentin Newsom talked about it at the podium is those deep shots, the deep balls that mm-hmm. Coach Rule, that Matt Rule said, this Colorado offense is going to take at least 10 deep shots a game, and 
I mean, you got to think at least two or three of those are going to Travis Hunter. You got to think Quentin Newsom's going to get his his uh, shared time in coverage on him. So I'm, I'm anticipating a few opportunities for both of them for pass breakups, interceptions, big explosive plays, and I think Travis Hunter gets him on gets him on a couple of them. But I think Quentin's going to come down with a with an interception and didn't have any pass breakups last week or interceptions. He had six total tackles, but he's going to get his first pick of the season in what might wind up being his toughest matchup of the entire season. First pick of the season and his career. I think a lot of people have been waiting for Quentin to finally I thought, snag I it. I knew it was his <laughs> career, but I didn't want to just say it then. <laughs> just grab yeah, Quentin's, uh, Quentin's yeah. picks. Yeah, um, I, I I go back to, I think it was Evan Cooper's very first press conference at, at Nebraska as the DB's coach. And he was at, he was just asked about what he thought about his room. And he said, you know, I got a couple NFL guys in there. And I think everybody kind of said, okay, well, Quentin Newsom's one of them. And for, you know, when we're thinking about this game and Quentin Newsom and his career, he's, he's a longtime starter. He's played a lot of snaps here as a Husker. Everybody's kind of viewing him as a potential NFL guy. Well, this is an incredible opportunity for Quentin Newsom to get some NFL tape against NFL guys for NFL scouts. So I, I'm really um, I I like that prediction, uh, Zach. Uh, we'll see how Quentin holds up because he didn't get a ton of action at Minnesota. I don't think so. You know, I, at least I don't remember he did, but he's no. sure gonna he's sure gonna get some opportunities now. I bet Deion Sanders, Shadur Sanders, they're not gonna care about which corner is viewed as Nebraska's best DB. They're gonna throw where they want to throw and they don't care who I feel who like is I feel like if Deion Sanders was out there at cornerback Deion Sanders the coach would still say <laughs> we're throwing at him all day yeah. it's challenging yeah yeah absolutely so that was a, a interesting and, and good prediction Zach but for mine for my second prediction I'm going special teams so you know if you rewatch uh, Colorado's game with TCU, you saw the offense just click right away Sean Lewis is an awesome OC Shadur Sanders is like the perfect quarterback for him the defense, Colorado's defense, struggled against the run. Um, There's a lot of plays made against Colorado's defense. But then there are some uh, just missteps with Colorado's special teams, too. They're not up to par right now. So they they missed a field goal. Uh, Jay Feely's son, Jace, uh, former <laughs> NFL kicker Jay Feely, his son is kicking for Colorado this year. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, he His first uh, field goal attempt was blocked. And then he ultimately kind of made up for it with a 49 yarder right before half. So that was cool, but he's also kicking off and he kicked one out of bounds. And so that was a mistake. And then he kicked and kicked off another one and TCU returned it like 82 yards. So mm -hmm. I think there's an opportunities for Nebraska on special teams on Saturday. And I think Ramir Johnson, my bold prediction is Ramir Johnson will get it past the 50 and, and into uh, Buffalo territory. So I think uh, Ramir Johnson is going to get a kickoff return and uh, he showed he's capable of it. Um, I think it was like a 63 yarder at Minnesota. I think he does something similar and, and puts Nebraska Nebraska's offense into really good position in a plus territory on Saturday. Yeah, I, I like that one as well. I think the both of you guys are, I think the special teams one is now, it's really funny how this turns right after all of the attention for special teams being so bad at Nebraska. And then now it kind of feels like after that first game, it's at least stabilized. They definitely won the special teams battle um, in that game against Minnesota. Um, the one thing that you would, and we talked about how this could have been a storyline um, in the end of that game last week is Tristan Alvano could have gotten an opportunity to kick a game winning field goal in his first game. Um, that would have been 
fascinating, but he didn't. We didn't get to see that. So that's really, to me, the big question with their special teams is getting. I he has the leg and the talent to do it. Just seeing him be able to go make kind of a clutch field goal. It doesn't have to be a last second one. Um, just one that they really need. But mine is not about special teams. But I am staying kind of. They count that as defense. So I'm staying on defense. Uh, for this one, and I feel like this is a. If my bold predictions come true, then you kind of get an idea of what my prediction for the game is, because my bold prediction is is Quentin Newsom related as well. And that is that Travis Hunter will have less than 100 receiving yards in this football game. So this also goes in direct kind of opposition of what Zach said. Though uh, technically he could get two 30 yard gains and then Q lock him down for the rest of the game. Um, I am curious, though, because they're they're probably not going to tell us whether or not they plan to have Quentin kind of follow him around and shadow him the whole game that would also be I mean I hope he does like I'm really I'm really looking forward to that matchup if you couldn't tell based on how much we've talked about it on this pod and I've talked to both of you about it just on the side um, I think that it's a it's a huge opportunity for Quentin Newsom, who everyone kind of thinks is a pro and when yep. you look back at this season, you're this is one of the games you're going to pull to either support that argument or disprove that argument about him mm-hmm. being an NFL draft pick, right? It's an enormous opportunity for him. I think that he's up for the challenge this week and holds the Travis Hunter, the, the two-way king, to under 100 yards receiving. That's what I was going to say is, hey, I mean, if he's he goes for two catches for 65 combined yards a week, and Newsom gets a pick, we could both be right. I mean, why not? <laughs> right. Let's, let's have some uh, some synergy around here. But um, I, if this game goes, I want to wrap up with some final score predictions uh, to, to sort of lightning round it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about this a little bit before we got on air, we're going over what the updated lines are in the – the totals, which, like I said at the at the starts, around minus uh, two and a half to three and a half for Colorado and fifty nine and a half across the board. So originally, I wanted to go thirty one twenty eight for my final score, but I am picking Nebraska to win because I can see how the, I think you guys can too. If they win this game, the the formula for it is all there. It's all stuff we all broke down. And it's also going to be uh, be hinging upon ball security and not making those mistakes. And, I mean, even if the offensive line has one or two penalties, if it's not inside the five or ten yard line, <laughs> you're sitting in good position. If you clean up the misuse of timeouts, which probably be a little more difficult in that environment in Boulder, on Saturday, luckily it's not a night game for Nebraska because it'd be up rather than the the 10 a.m. Mountain Time um, kickoff, which I don't think is that big of a deal in the long run, but maybe a little less electric than it would be if it was if it was under the lights. But I I, I think that if Nebraska holds true to what we talked about that run game, which you can run on this Colorado defense, TCU ran for 262 yards and. I think almost seven bucks or seven yards a pop. I can't uh, remember the exact uh, the exact stat. I had it written down um, somewhere in here. Two hundred sixty-two yards on thirty-seven carries, so seven point one yards per carry. So if Nebraska is doing that, they're not going to be matching the same pace that TCU was running with. It's going to be a lot more slow it down pace, and I that's what I'm banking on. I'm 
I actually think Jefferson's probably will have another turnover in this game, but I'm seeing Nebraska being able, able to overcome that. And I'm not going with that 31-28 prediction because I think I think that's too high of a score for how this this game script would need to go for Nebraska to win. So I'm going 27 to 23, which I know, Greg, step on your toe. <laughs> as soon as as soon as the 31-28 came out of my mouth out loud, I was thinking 27-23. You said yours earlier with whatever it's going to be. I wasn't mean to go on your exact score, but 27-23, Nebraska pulls off uh, the upset. Their first win over a ranked team in 22 tries, 21 straight losses against ranked teams. That skid's going to end on Saturday. Wow, our posters are going to love you for picking the Huskers to win a football game. And you know, <laughs> and you know that I'm not just trying to be uh, be all sunshine and rainbows. Pick Minnesota to lose or to win last week, and nobody like that. But it's like that's just how I see it going. I that's how I see it going now. I mean, I. Coming into the season, I had them losing to Minnesota, beating Colorado, beating Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, starting off three and one. And the context of this game has changed after last week um, with Colorado. I mean, my my thinking and analysis of this game has changed, but the end results has not for me. Good stuff. My prediction, uh, 30-24 Colorado. So I think uh, the Buffaloes get a 30-24 win. Um, you know, just after everything that happened after the Minnesota loss and then seeing Colorado and that offense just kind of hum along to over 500 total yards, I, I try not to overreact. So I don't want to think Nebraska's offense and Jeff Sims is just what it's going to be for the rest of the season, like what they showed against uh, the Gophers. I don't I don't think that's the case. And I think a lot of the overreaction that we heard this week is completely out of line and just like dumb and, and stupid, really. But there's yeah, a there's a thing on our board saying would you would you trade Deion Sanders for Matt Rule right now after one like we just if you had just go down we should, I should have taken a screenshot of just the thread names on the board like after the Minnesota game and then during the Colorado game it was absurd but I digress go ahead Steve sorry <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it, it was crazy and then it, the same I want to do the same thing with Colorado yeah that offense looked incredible but. I want to see some consistency first, some more games from them to really ultimately get a good grasp of them, just like I want to do with Nebraska's offense and the defense. Um, so I just feel like we don't know as much as as we should before we start making these statements that we are. But, um, you know, I, I, I picked Colorado because just show me, show me first, Nebraska, show me that you can play mistake-free football on the road in a, in a hostile big game um, and, but like, if you do that, then I feel comfortable predicting you to win. But until I see it, I, I don't feel comfortable predicting them to win the football game. I just think that, you know, Colorado is going to be at home. I listened to Deion Sanders press conference. He seems very, very like, so he says crazy things and he says all these different things. But at the end of the day, I think he's a pretty good football coach and he's drawing it in his kids' minds in the locker room that look, I'm, yeah, sure. We beat TCU, but right now is a new week. It's a new opponent. It's a new game. Forget everything that you just did last week. I mean, I think Deion Sanders is really kind of down to earth when he's like in football mode and in football mode and he's talking about football. I really enjoyed listening to him uh, talk about the game because I think he's really kind of drawing it in his guys' heads that, hey, forget last week. We got a new, we got to do it again because, you know, everybody is going to be watching us and you don't want to like, misstep and lose this game to to Nebraska, a rivalry game. So um, 
30, 24, Colorado gets out of their win before before I can pick Nebraska to win a game. They need to show me that they can play mistake and error-free football on the road in a big game. As bad as social media was, Husker Twitter and some and some of the comments, not all some, a good chunk on the message board were after that game. It would be just as fun and the opposite if my score prediction comes true, uh, because I'm going to predict that Nebraska actually goes out there and takes care of business in a one score win, ends that long in uh, um, skid that Zach talked about against ranked teams. I'm picking Nebraska to win 28 to 24. I think that that has to be about kind of the type of game that it needs to be for them to win I don't think that they're going to be able to go full Big Ten West and win this like 20 to 14 or anything like that I just that's going to be really difficult to do because Colorado skill guys they're just going to they're going to hit a big player too even if you have a great overall game defensively just because it just takes one mistake with some of that skill talent that they have Um, but I think Nebraska goes up there and plays a much improved football game even from what we saw last week and I think that when you look back at last week it is a better performance and spots than you actually remember and that the anger that a lot of fans had will allow them to actually see um, particularly on defense and I actually think on the offensive line I think that the offensive line played better than they're getting credit for I think that some of those sacks and they were bad some of that was on miscommunication not all of that was on Turner Corcoran Uh, some of that was on Ethan Piper not to call him out directly but if I'm Turner Corcoran I'm like hey man I'm getting called out left and right and some of that was that guy spun inside and you actually should have taken him out um and so yeah I, I i think that they played better than expected last week or that people remember i think they do the same thing and then some this week i think matt rule and his staff iron out some of the kind of hiccups that they had kind of communication wise and getting guys going on the field um and and most importantly maybe for the offense they won't start this game like backed up on their one which will allow them to start off in a nice rhythm offensively and pound that rock the run the ball guy will be very happy nebraska 28 colorado 24 yeah, I I have so many thoughts on what both of you guys said. And it's just I could see it going not to be 50-50 guy, but I, I see it playing out in one of those ways. It's just which one will it play out? Uh which which version of this game are we gonna get? And maybe maybe none of it happens. Maybe this Travis Hunter, uh Quentin Newsom or Travis Hunter versus the Nebraska secondary matchup that we talk that we've talked about so much winds up not happening. It winds up being one of those storylines, the classic storylines we we all hype up in the media and then it winds up being a dud. Um I don't foresee that happening. You, who knows who knows if Travis Hunter is going to continue playing as many snaps as he has. I mean that that too. I mean, like we, at some point that's know. gonna I mean that, that's just a thing is it that sustainable? I'm ready to see. Like can yeah, you do that every single game? And if if Nebraska isolates and tries to run that way, like, what are you going to, like, that's a whole different thing. We need a whole separate pot on that. Um, So, yeah, but that's going to, those game within the game matchups, you know, Luke Reimer trying to get Dylan Edwards out of the backfield versus whoever yeah. the heck that was for TCU that was lost all game like those Jamoy sorts Hodge. of things that you get oh hey former Nebraska guy <laughs> he was going to come here um, and so yeah that's, that's fascinating yeah that's that's fascinating so yeah tons of storylines in this game uh, rightfully so it's a huge game can't wait I do think I just before we get out of here uh, so Colorado ran a lot of mesh concepts uh, mm-hmm. just underneath routes trying to rub defenders and free guys open in man coverage Jamoy Hodge just too big to do that. Uh, um, Luke Reimer at 225 pounds is more more uh, suited to be following those following Dylan Edward type running backs out of the backfield. I think so. Hopefully, Luke does a lot better uh, job than number six from TCU does or did. 
we we got to get out of here, but I did have one one more fact that I, I meant to throw in earlier, and then I looked it up uh, for for clarity. A little trivia time. Do you know how you either of you guys know how many missed tackles Nebraska had against Northwestern last year, and how many missed tackles they had against Minnesota this year in their openers? A lot. A lot, would, a lot and a lot less is what I would guess. So Nebraska, 14 missed tackles against Northwestern, six against Minnesota, which might be skewed one or two, one or two uh, uh, missed tackles stat-wise, but 14 to six. TCU, 19 missed tackles last week against Colorado. So I know we talked about it before, but like like Tony White said, that gang pursuit, that that – gang tackling i just i keep it's drilled in my mind after watching colorado last week and after watching nebraska not have those issues tackling and being that physical aggressive defense i mean offense didn't run the ball like we anticipated all offseason but everything we heard about this defense is was, it was going to be fast aggressive physical it wasn't going to be scared of dominant contact as the as the saying goes and they showed it they ripped uh they ripped some hits uh, pretty much all night in the trenches and on the secondary or in the second level with Malcolm Hartzog and uh, you name it. There are a lot of uh, a lot of big hitters, so that's going to be crucial again in this one. And like we said, me and Greg have the upset uh, upset prediction. Steve has Colorado winning, but if Nebraska pulls this off, I don't think we can underestimate how much this could do for the program. Just belief, confidence, and then going into a two week stretch where. Uh, neither of those are gimmies. Uh, we'll tease that for next week. Neither Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech are not gimmies. So that's why, but it would be just a huge momentum boost in uh, the second biggest spotlight of the week behind Texas and Alabama. So we'll be, uh, we'll be at the field. Uh, Steve and I and our digital producer, Jansen Coburn, will be uh, boots on the ground over in, over in Boldham for a, uh, Spotlight game, big noon kickoff at 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain Time for Nebraska, Colorado. So for Steve Marek and Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys again next time.